0: Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 511 being recorded on August 29th, 2018. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom.
1: I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Valentano and there's more people. I refuse. I'm not taking it. Kansas, Al-
0: Alex, is the screen I'm looking at different too now? I'm not used to seeing all of them all the time, am yes, I? Yes, are. is. I'm fine with that, I just...
2: Yeah, I, I put Jeremy and uh, Josh on their dedicated screen so you can see them all the time. Oh yeah. good. No, that's good. Oh. I like to I like to monitor them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you're like, sure about that. It's like the biggest point.
2: The only
0: reason I noticed it is when I was looking to see what the podcast episode number was. It was very small on the screen as opposed to full screen because it's only a quarter of it. But that's fine. It's fine. I just needed to know. Uh welcome to the show everybody. Uh this is uh we talk about computer hardware and stuff. Mm -hmm. sometimes things before that sometimes after that we record the show on wednesday nights 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific pcper.com slash live is the url for that you can get a little reminder in your email inbox if you go to pcper.com slash subscribe that's how you'll know when we're hosting this live event excuse me (coughs) pull a josh there uh, or any other live events we may be having. Maybe some live events we might be having in the month of September related to graphics. I don't know. We, we're not positive yet, but if you want to know about that, you'll uh, go to com slash subscribe or follow us on Twitter or doing those other things that you do to follow and stalk us and do the things that, that people do on the internet. I don't know. Uh, we still have our Patreon campaign running. Obviously, com slash pcper. This is the place for you to uh, become a regular... Contributor financially to the website if uh, you run an ad blocker, uh, if you just think josh is funny looking uh, if you just think the content that or videos that we do are worth a damn, uh, this is for your way to chip in a buck or three or five or ten or twenty a month, whatever you think we 're worth. I won't judge you based on how much you're judging us when you do it. uh, But we greatly appreciate each and everyone that does that. As is always the case, if you uh, become a new patron or increase your patronage during the live stream, I will give you a shout out just like I'm doing right now for Chris Ellington who has moved their pledge up from $3 a month to $5 a month. Thank you, Chris Ellington. That is awesome. We appreciate it greatly. Uh, We have our merch store at joshtech.com. That's J-O-S-H-T-E-K-K.com, where you can buy Death Wish Raid, Hot Dog Down a Hallway, Super Pipe. Uh, We've got the PC Per logo shirt, of course. Let's not forget the PC Per mug and the world-exclusive Josh Tech mug print and t-shirt that are taking the world by storm. Exclusive. Exclusive. And it looks just like uh, Josh's screen. Both him and the picture behind him. So, you know, there you go.
3: Double Josh. (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean? Too much, Josh. (laughs) Too
2: much.
0: Uh, Let's dive into the stories we've got then this week, starting with uh, a review that Sebastian wrote up of the Azul Inspire fanless Intel Kaby Lake barebone mini PC. Azul, why do I why am I um Ghostbusters? Ghostbuster? Yeah, is that the Ghostbuster? No, that's Azul. <laughs> that's just Azul. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. close enough. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was going. And is it is it Inspire an Acer brand or is that Acer Aspire?
1: Uh, uh, there's Inspiron, Inspiron In- In- Dell, In- on. In- Del. but I think there's Aspire. Yeah, it's Aspire. it's Acer,
0: Acer, like ASP. Okay, yes. all right. Yeah. So uh, unrelated to any of those brands <laughs> and uh, uh, manufacturers, this is a basically like a Nook competitor, if you will. Core i7, uh, up to 32 gigs of RAM, two SODIM slots in here, both 2.5 inch and uh, M.2 storage solutions. The one that Sebastian got sent was the Core i5 variant, apparently. Um, so it does have Cabulake parts. Up through and all the way down to Cabula or uh, Apollo Lake, if you want that. The uh, prices on these are, I think, pretty competitive. Three thirty-five is the MSRP for the bare bones of the Core i five version uh, that Sebastian was able to look at. Um, obviously, you've got to add in what do you got to add in? Memory, storage. That's it, right? You could add in one or two sodems, an NVMe drive or two and a half inch drive, and, and you'd be good to go. Yeah. Uh, Pretty standard external power brick. They give you the necessary SATA data and power cables, two Wi-Fi antenna, and of course a remote control. Um, Looks very familiar to the Nook. Very similar form factor. It does have a serial port, so we can all look at the pins in that. Yeah. (laughs) Look, nobody's going to use the serial port. I would use a serial port <laughs> for what? What do you use a serial port for? Yeah, that's part of the standard. Input, output. Those, those two pens yeah. are supposed to be. My yeah. uh, Sidewinder. <laughs> oh, that's a game port. That's different. How many How many pens did a game port have, Josh?
2: 25. I see That's 10. Uh, I think it's
3: 10. Of this is know. 9
0: here mm-hmm. for serial. I believe it had 15. Or that VGA had 15
2: definitely know, man. Uh, uh we need to hand out our geeks, geek cards here
0: uh look it's been so long it's been so long sebastian's giving you your measurements I'm, with i'm this counting 1 2 ruler.
2: 3 4 <laughs> 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 i was right all
3: right, all right. you didn't count right though I don't. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten.
2: Eleven, twelve. That's did how you're supposed to count it. it. Here's the insides of did this did did
0: did guy did did here. Uh, not much to it. You can see the dim slots there. The two and a half inch drive bay um, there on the left is on the in the lid. I guess that would actually be the base of this system. Uh, and you've got the Wi Fi card and the M.2 card kind of overlapping a little bit there. No issues with thermals on that, you don't think?
3: I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. That nice was, open design, it's, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's fairly Frished.
1: easy
0: to, to build in and, and, and get to. So, I mean, there it is with the HyperX memory, the 960 Evo in place. Uh, in terms of performance, this is, guess what? It's a core i5 part. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Uh, very similar to the ECS Leva Z Plus that uses a slightly higher end, I, I bet it's, what, a 100 megahertz difference between the Core i5-7200U and 7300U. Um, obviously not going to compete against the 6700HQ-based Nook that is uh, true quad-core hyper-threaded, right, Ken, is that... The sixty-seven mm-hmm. hundred HQ, yeah, uh, but pretty pretty decent performance. You're basically looking at high-end notebook level performance. Here's your real quick, simple storage read/write test. Um, no NVMe bottlenecks, it, it appears. Um, and there you go. Not too bad. I think that he did he price it out three thirty-five for the kit. Um, I guess memory and storage are going to vary so much based on what you choose, right? 960 Evo being, you know, this would be a perfect place to put one of those um 660p's, hmm. you know, a 1 terabyte drive in there, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. the
4: 960 Evo is a bit overkill. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, like, yeah. It's it's a notebook processor and platform, if you will, but uh a pretty a pretty solid option in a competitor to the Nook and I think quite a bit less expensive as well. Josh, are you hunting for something? Are you going to show
2: us? No, I just had a cat. Oh. But you just cat? had a cat? You just had away. a cat? Do no. you need
1: to go to the hospital? Mm. Not yes. anymore. Natural childbirth.
0: Oh, look. It is, it is indeed a cat.
1: That is a cat. It is
0: actually a cat. Uh, before we get to our next story, let's check the – we've got Patreons rolling in here. We've got a new $1 patron from Alpha Network. Ken? Uh, is that what? you? That's not – definitely not Um, alpha network ken thank you very much for that and then uh we have a pledge edit from three to five dollars of alan doesn't really exist
4: (laughs) they're on (laughs) to (laughs) us
0: that's exactly what somebody who wouldn't didn't exist would do too. alan uh next story this one's pretty interesting um doesn't rtx look awesome Oh god! Real time. Oh my god! Real Alan. tracing. It's rendering. not
4: ray trace. Look at it, look at his head. It's not nearly enough reflections. <laughs> Jen, you know, there's a well, cube maps. What was the, the meme him.
0: I saw going around? It was like somebody somebody like the, a guy's bald head. Oh. No, it was a bald head, yeah. and they just <laughs> added a whole bunch of reflections to the bald head, <laughs> yep. and it was with RTX. Without RTX, it was it was pretty good. Um, Ken, this is uh, a story you wrote up. FreeSync working with NVIDIA GPUs and some strings attached. This was, I think. Uh, um, something that people have been asking for forever. They just want they want to buy cheaper free sync monitors. They want the variable refresh to work, but they want the GeForce GPUs behind it. Do we finally
4: have the ability to do that? Until NVIDIA patches it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can. First of all, before you, we can all assume that's going to happen, right? That somehow this will. They might not be able to.
4: Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, all right. But Tell me,
0: walk me through the process. What are we looking
4: at? So over the re- weekend, some enterprising people on Reddit kind of found out through actually the new world of warcraft expansion was not where you hear all the latest hardware news coming out of generally (laughs) in the latest wow expansion they added an option to toggle what gpu you rendered the game on now this is a setting that's in some some of the more modern games like i know far cry 5 has it a couple of other games have it the ability to change what adapter you're rendering the game on and this enterprising fellow happened to have a FirePro card and a 1080i in their system. Unique configuration? It's definitely unique configuration. Yeah. And they had a FreeSync monitor hooked up to the FirePro card. Okay. So they turned on FreeSync through the FirePro configuration panel, and then they set the game to render on their 1080i, and they noticed that FreeSync was still working. They didn't see any tearing. They didn't see any judder, anything like that. Hmm. So they went, huh. Well, (laughs) as it turns out, in the latest version of Windows 10, 1803, in the April 2018 update, as they're calling it now, they added GPU switching as an option. So you can have a power-saving GPU and a high-performance GPU and switch between the two. Mostly meant for hybrid configurations and laptops like the Surface Book 2, which has an option for a GTX 1050 or 1060, and then the integrated graphics for battery savings. However... It turns out this gets kind of enabled on desktops. Now, for this original poster on Reddit, it didn't actually work out because the Fire Pro card appeared as both the power saving and the high performance GPU. And no one's really (laughs) been able to find a way to kind of configure that. It's probably buried somewhere in the registry to like just an ID for which GPU is identifying as which. So that was kind of a dead end, but it was interesting that this worked. And someone else on Reddit discovered that Well, if you have something like a Raven Ridge APU, they're using a 2200G,
3: Yep. then you could configure the
4: AMD GPU as the power-saving GPU and the NVIDIA GPU as the high-performance GPU. It's actually how it's configured out of the box. Hmm. And FreeSync seems to work. So we kind of set out to duplicate this setup. We used a 2400G, a Ryzen 5 2400G in our case, and a GTX 1080, and... We installed both, installed all the drivers, and Windows just kind of automatically picked it up. It picked up the high performance NVIDIA GPU and the integrated uh, AMD Vega graphics on the Raven Ridge processor. Yep. We plugged in the FreeSync display, enabled it on the ra- uh, into the integrated audio out- video outputs on the motherboard. enabled right. FreeSync.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's important. If you look at this picture here, yeah, you
4: can see the DisplayPort cable the display is plugged ports, into the, the, motherboard. the motherboard,
0: not the graph, not the This is GCX unusual card. configuration. Yeah. Yeah, for a desktop user. Yeah. yeah.
4: And then we just kind of started playing around with games. And so,
0: one thing you have
4: to do—you always have to right-click on it and click Run with. You don't actually, because it defaults to the high-performance NVIDIA processor. Because this is a system without a battery. Steam? So,
0: e- even if you start the game yeah. through Steam, it does that. Okay. Any,
4: I think it's probably only DirectX applications that supports. Sure. If I, if I had to guess. Uh, yeah, probably. You know, because considering it's kind of a built-in Microsoft feature okay. at this point. Yeah, so it so, actually so defaults you... to running all applications on the NVIDIA GPU because it notes it's the higher performance one and doesn't have battery concerns. Hmm. Go ahead, Josh.
2: Never mind. It's too late. It was a joke <laughs> that its time has passed and mm. never to be never to be seen again. Never to be uttered. Yeah.
4: Fair yeah. enough. So we kind of enabled this, found that FreeSync was in fact working. Did a little digging into how this was working, and you actually notice if you're running a game on the GTX 1080 and then rendering it or outputting it through the onboard graphics, if you scroll up, in the graphics options in Tax Manager, you see massive copy operations. And that's because, kind of inherently, this is copying the frame buffer from the NVIDIA GPU to the AMD GPU for the final display. Mm. As it turns out, the AMD driver is handling the frame pacing and the sync ability. For all of the frames coming out of it. So FreeSync functionality gets kind of added there in the pipeline. Interesting. Now Mm -hmm. that begs a question. Copying frame buffers around. How much latency does this add? Yeah. Is this even like a playable thing?
0: He clearly used this wires and this breadboard <laughs> to figure that out.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best project when you use wires and a breadboard to figure it out. And
0: this NVIDIA Shield USB cable. Those, yeah. are, those are still the best USB cable They're cables very right. long. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. They're <laughs> very long
4: cables. <laughs> so this is some methodology we've kind of messed around with the pat in the past. Yes. So we use an Arduino, Arduino microcontroller, the Arduino Leonardo, which actually has native support for emulating a USB hid. So in our case, a mouse. Uh, we hooked up a push button and an led and i wrote some code so whenever you push the push button on the breadboard it both simultaneously lights up the led and sends a left mouse click signal to the operating system
1: Mm -hmm. within the same whatever
4: so from that you can load up a game in this case we loaded loaded up half-life 2 because we didn't have to worry about potential speeds that it ran at because we needed to test on the apu and the gtx 1080 at the same frame rate and because the Source Engine has a built in frame limiter.
0: Right, you can manually set yeah. what the frame rate is. So we set the is, frame rate
4: limit to 140 for the 144 hertz panel. 120? Yeah. Okay, so give us a bit of headroom there. Yep. Actually,
1: it was on a 144 panel. Okay. Running at, at, at 120. But we, okay. set the, we set the rate limit to 120. Yeah. So we knew that it was always in the Inside VRR. the VR yeah. range. Yeah, because yeah. obviously if it goes out, it'll
4: just inherit the game settings, either tear or okay. async off. Okay, yep. Uh, so essentially.
1: Alan did this testing, and what we did, did is, a thousand frame per second capture, yeah. so we can have each frame was a millisecond, and then we basically just looked, you know, what was the delta in number of frames between the LED first turning on and the muzzle flash from the gun yeah, showing so sort up of on the, the screen. Input to photon latency. Yeah. So yeah. what people would generally call it input latency. Yep. Yeah. And there is a little bit more to it, like there's a fixed additional amount. Like half-life, you know, some a the few frames engine. happen before yeah. the muzzle actually flashes. But, but it's the it's, same
0: across all yeah, of the, yeah, it's basically the s- situations, same. right? Like so Configurations. So. so just
1: realize that these the absolute numbers look kinda high. Like you wouldn't think that it's like 30 milliseconds from moving the mouse until you saw something change on the screen. In reality, it's probably a little bit lower. Yeah. Right. But we were just looking for relative differences here. Um so did a bunch of, you know. I think it was like fourteen or fifteen, like repetitions for each configuration, just to kind of average out any scatter or any you know weirdness going on. Um, and the end result was that yeah, it adds some latency by having to copy the frame buffer over. Like just native G Sync, if it was coming straight out from that GPU going right to the display, it was twenty five milliseconds. And,
4: and and to be fair, they were different displays. Obviously, they were built around. Nearly identical, if not identical panels, so response time is going to vary a
1: little bit there, but not a whole lot. Um, But the the important comparison is actually between both... Wait, is the important comparison... uh, No, I guess you have to go across panel types. Yeah, so that is kind of another variable, but we didn't really, you know we were the the kind of the end story is it's difficult to make a
4: directly comparison comparable number because the vega integrated graphics will take longer to render there's it's a different gpu you can't really make a comparison there right and the panels are different however if you look at the 31.9 milliseconds of input latency for the sort of hacked free sync setup in general it's pretty good. It's not something like 60 or 70 milliseconds, not adding a ton of latency into the pipeline. Yeah. Everything we, we messed around with was perfectly playable. Yeah, now, if you're doing some eSports, Twitch stuff, it, you, you might notice it, but you're not going to be playing with variable refresh at that rate anyways. <clears throat> you're just
1: going to be running a really high refresh panel with vSync off. Yeah. If I had to guess, it probably adds something like maybe five milliseconds. Yeah. Based on Do we have any numbers?
0: concern that the that it's not actually mapping everything that the NVIDIA GPU does out to
1: the screen?
0: Right, like I'm trying to figure out if
1: and we if, were able to like we tested a few games, we didn't test everything, obviously, sure. but we were able to confirm that the 1080 like 1080 was spinning up.
0: Like, yeah, no, 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 it now, it was, and, you know, and I'm sure you saw that there was no tearing, right? Yeah, and all yeah, that. I mean, but I'm confirmed. trying to figure there like it, were drops. there frames that were dropped, right, and not. Copy or copied over and not displayed or something like that. No, That's like what I'm was, trying to figure out.
1: Because the other thing I did partially as a test to make sure that uh, that VRR was working properly was I also, uh, for each configuration, I recorded a few segments, like four-second clips, where I was just kind of like going nuts with the mouse, mm-hmm. just move, panning it around in that scene where you're looking out of a door. Yeah. And it was really easy to tell if you did drop frames because, like the door, the doorway, yeah, the light is, of is, the you know, of smoothly the moving transition around, would right? be dramatic. Yeah, it would be pretty obvious. Okay. Um, yeah. So hmm. there was no indication that anything was really not working right. Yeah. Uh, that being said, into, we ran into some. Like,
4: yeah, you, you're going to run into some weird difficulties, like when we were launching Half Life Two on the 1080, like. It didn't grab the correct resolution, so we kind of had to go in there and manually like set the resolution within any file. Like, just some yeah. some weird shit because this isn't a supported thing. Yeah. But overall, it actually worked a hell of a lot better and was way easier than I imagined it was going to be. It just kind of worked out, the, out of the box. Is this a thing that...
0: This probably still isn't a thing we would recommend people go build their setup around, right? No.
4: Not really. No, because you kind of have to have one of these AMD APUs. So you're limited there already. You can't really use two discrete cards because there's no way to set what adapter is which for now. That so might be I something might that someone can figure that out. Yeah. And then you could add like a $30 dollars FreeSync capable AMD GPU Graphics in there and do it. Yeah. Like if you were, the, the, the thing that would have made this really interesting is that if Intel would have actually enabled adaptive sync support like they announced several years ago. Yeah. But
1: they never did it. Because then it would work with Intel...
0: Know, that would right, open if you things saw all up. your Kaby Lake processors, yeah, and, way yeah, wider, okay. then it yeah. would be like a no-brainer yeah.
1: because you probably huh. already have a, that config somewhere. Right?
0: Well, let's talk to all the people at the Intel Graphics group. They're pushing <laughs> out
1: drivers more and more. Yeah. I think this hey, is could something. You add, could you add FreeSync so we could use our NVIDIA GPU? <laughs>
3: <for> <laughs> well, they they are, I mean,
0: hey, we're going to utilize <laughs> no. a feature of Intel Graphics.
3: Yeah. So i would love to try works. this on a notebook. Uh, like an Intel or AMD powered notebook with a MX card in it, and just output to a FreeSync monitor and see what happens. Well, G Sync Mobile already
4: doesn't have a module, so
0: right, and and oh. you would still have. I mean, the Intel driver would still have to have Adaptive Sync enabled,
1: yeah. like to be able to enable Adaptive Sync. So, as far as NVIDIA potentially trying to break this moving forward, like the reason that that. They might may, I can be, see why
0: you say they say that. Why they might not. It, it
1: seems way more difficult. It seems like it would need to be a Windows patch, yeah, it's rather Windows than a driver update. Like Windows is just getting the frame from one GPU and just passing it on the yeah. other one, right? Now other-
4: that being said, there very well could be something Nvidia could do in the driver that we're missing, like to kind of sure. exclude yeah. themselves from that list. But sure. actually, seems like a pretty solid foundation for this to work in some form. The world is ending.
0: Oh for no. The world is ending.
1: Indeed. <laughs> so, so, what what size resolution screen were we working with here for this? Twenty five yeah, by fourteen. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's fourteen forty p. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to work with anything. Now I would imagine if you were doing this at four k. Now realize your frame buffer is significantly larger. It might take longer to copy. Like maybe you know yeah, that's, could, might, that's what it I was might getting. Add at. More latency. You know, yeah, that but
0: at thing. least I mean we guys didn't do this testing at seven twenty p or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, we tried yeah. to pick, like, a kind of middle-of-the-road yeah.
1: resolution. Yeah, and, no, that's right. good. I, I realize that most people are on, still by on 14 1080p. still
0: high, right? I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. it's between 1080p and 4K, I get it, but still pretty high.
4: And, interestingly enough, it, this happened a couple of days after I started looking for 1440p G-Sync panels, and I went, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't think I'm going to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, check that story out. It's on the website if you want a little bit more detail. Uh, also, real quick, we can talk about this. We did a little bit more testing with Store MI. We actually looked. Alan looked at Store MI when the X470 chipset launched, yep. and you really didn't look at Store MI as much as you were looking at the storage performance of the platform as a whole. And Store MI was was a segment, just a piece of it. Yeah, was a segment of that.
2: Yep. So I got to ask this one real quick thing. Oh yes. <clears throat> They not call it Stormy because of the current <laughs> political situation.
0: I bet that's exactly why. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they built. I think it's more of a play on Sensemi, and they didn't call it Senseme. So you know that <laughs>
2: could lead to problems. Yeah, Senseme you know I mean. Stormy.
0: <laughs> uh, so we did some more testing with Stormi. This was actually pretty pretty quick testing. We wanted to see basically AMD's kind of stance was they believe Story and I brought them to a matching or better level of uh, storage capability that optane caching does optane mm-hmm. you know intel is really leaning into optane caching the whole core plus idea all that stuff um and store mi is what amd's answer is to it now to be fair store is developed by amd it's built by Inmodus, mm-hmm. um fuse drive it, you, can you can run can, it on
1: uh yeah well, there's a retail version you could run on yeah intel. you can buy
0: it and run it on anything
1: right intel yeah. amd whatever this
0: store mi variant this kind of Uh, AMD branded version specific to their platforms is free. It's included if you have a Mm -hmm. supporting platform, so Threadripper or X470. Uh, It's not a caching system. It's a tiered storage solution, uh,
1: which basically means it's sort of like RAID 0.
0: It is kind of like that, and it's tiered in the way that, like, hey, you can have two gigs of memory as cache and then a 256 gig SSD and then a 10 terabyte hard drive. And mm-hmm. the stuff you use more often will go to the fastest part, right? And yep. that's, that's kind of what the idea is. But it is RAID 0 in the fact that it's not it duplicating only goes the, the content. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's creating a JBOD. It'll I actually think, move.
1: More. Like if you have something on the hard drive and then you start using it frequently, it will physically move that data. Yeah. To the SSD. So you
0: get – the benefit is you get the capacity of both drives combined. Mm-hmm. The downside is if one of those two drives dies, you know, you lose whatever. You, you basically you end up
1: all. with like Swiss cheese. Yeah. Of yeah. The, you know. Yeah. So it is like a RAID zero in terms back.
0: of what you should be doing for planning and backing up and all that. Yeah. One interesting thing that they brought up, uh, AMD did, was about the pricing side. And it's an interesting debate to have. Um, their argument is that Stormi is cheaper. Than optane because you don 't have to buy an optane module they don 't say well <laughs> sure. i mean the the assumption is if you 're an enthusiast you 're building a system you 're going to have an ssd mm-hmm. and you 're going to have a hard drive mm-hmm. they 're just going to have you know a mass storage, whether it be you know, uh, an eight terabyte or 12 terabyte or four terabyte, a hard drive, then you're going to have an SSD that's somewhere between 120 and 500 gigs of space. Yeah. And the idea there is they're saying, hey, with StoreMI, you can use those two components, have an accelerated system if you want to accelerate your hard drive, which is all you really want to accelerate, right? You don't need to accelerate, even if you have a SATA SSD, we'll be realistic. So you don't need to accelerate that um, <clears throat> with Optane or whatever, anything. If you want to do that then you have to buy this Optane module. It takes up on your m.2 ports mm-hmm. uh and that's another 60 bucks if you get the 32 gig version, 120 150 bucks if and you, you get need the a 64 newer
1: gig version platform that supports yeah. Optane memory. Yeah. but right? you have
0: to have the x470 new platform from AMD uh, yeah, to get store i too. True. So they're basically saying, "Hey, for you know, 60 to 120 bucks less, you get similar functionality." And that's a, you know, all else being equal, processor same price, motherboard same price, yeah.
1: memory same price. You're kind of assuming they already have another ssd to throw at it i guess no no
0: no i mean the assumption is you're building a system you either have a 250 gig ssd or you're going to buy one Mm. or some some variant thereof right so and i think that's a fair assumption i think if we were building systems for ourselves you excluded uh or we were building systems for a you know a friend or a colleague you probably Mm. wouldn't say hey go get a four terabyte ssd (laughs) you'd probably say get a four terabyte hard drive and a 256 gig ssd sure right um, so the cost question is there. And then in terms of performance, um, what we did is we looked at the, uh, store MI mine with an 860 Evo. So actually an M.2 SATA SSD mm-hmm. and then the Intel platform we used Optane was it the 64 gig module we yeah. were using. Yeah. For, for it's caching. The M10 module.
1: Yeah. I, I,
0: I always forget that that has a model
1: name. It's just the newer, it's it a now. newer version of, because they also make M10 in 32 and 16s. Yeah, that's just the newer Optane memory module that has the power management. Okay. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. So if you look at some of the
0: some of our testing, like PC Mark 10, you'll see uh, both platforms get speed ups from the hard drive only to the cached version or the tiered version. The Intel platforms tend to start out at a. The higher performance, and as a result, the cached performance also tends to be higher. And you see that in PC Mark 10, you see that in Sysmark as
1: well. Um, because when Storm is trying to do the caching, realize it's trying to also load the thing and at the same time move the data. You think it's moving the data at the same time? I think it does some of that during okay. the initial run, like it's in. Oh, this might, so it's putting this, a
0: little bit more load on the system. Yeah, it just has to do more stuff. Right? Okay. So, so
1: the first run might be slower right oh but, yes yeah we but, do see that but in some of but our generally tests. you also see that the the percent gain <clears throat> is higher even though the store of my beginning and end result might end up being lower than the intel beginning and end result yeah overall the percent gains higher because the first run kind Got of it. gets held held back a little bit oh right? sure
0: yeah that's true yeah um so you know the, the those give you some the productivity-based testing there is Basically, the caching is working, right? Like the the yeah, the, the, it works. the software goes faster, your computer goes faster when you use it. Yep. Uh Ken did some Lightroom CC imports, right? This didn't. So this is more testing the right caching. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you're going to do a bunch of writes to to this combined cached tiered storage unit, is it accelerated? Yeah. Uh, because rather you would much rather write to an SSD than you would to a hard drive. But now then it has to do something with that storage after that. You know, Lightroom didn't see a dramatic improvement either way. The Intel Win again saw a better improvement than the AMD Storm I. Uh, but then if you look at something like this is digital content archiving, which is AKA file copy mm-hmm. from you know you, you're working on it on your External drive, or on your main drive, and you're and you're copying it to the secondary Just hard drive, or accelerated. By yeah. the
4: way around, or you're working on it on a on fast storage. Yeah, you're copying, you're copying it to, it to the cached oh, okay. or tiered yeah. Okay.
0: platform. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, you get dramatic improvements in what the right speed is. So this is what a fifty gig fifty gigs of video, or is it one file, or is it it's pictures? A 50
4: gig- Project folder, okay. mostly video, but, you know, some small files. It was a premier project for a video we did. Got it. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, obviously, that's it's, again, a little bit faster on Intel, but in general, much, much faster on both. And then what's interesting is is that we assume in both of these situations that that data – well, on the AMD side, we probably think it keeps it on the SSD – until some amount of time passes until and you don't some, access some it, and then it would copy it, it if, yeah, to the hard drive in the you know, background. Yeah. Uh, with the Optane caching, we probably think it's going straight to the... I mean, it is definitely... It's going to the Optane, and then it's copying
4: it directly to the hard drive. Mm-hmm. It might not be copying... Well... It has but, to, because the, the Optane it, one It is, keeps some on the Optane.
0: It might, but it's it's making a duplicate copy on the hard
1: drive. Yeah. If, like It's exactly not going to keep else. all of the big video so, files on the Optane. So Optane, the, the, remember, that's... Additive, like it's an addition to the hard drive, and it's able to cache incoming because it's non-volatile. Right, that's the only reason Intel lets that fly. Right, but the idea is that as soon as there's any idle period, or, it's, and it's, 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 it's immediately it. copied and duplicated yeah. over to the hard disk because they never want to, you know. You should Intel's system should always be able to like unhook the Optane without yeah. having to move a bunch of stuff. Right, it's usually a. a generally like a, a relatively fast process
0: when you disable it in software, you disable it yeah, in software yeah
1: if you wanted to unpair them uh storm i not so much like i don't know if you wrote it in the article ken but there was what was the you were waiting you were trying to undo the storm oh, i we were at one trying point, to undo it and it was like yeah i think ryan mentioned that
0: yeah yeah, yeah it, was like, it was take just a like a time. really long time i mean you could to, be copying
4: hundreds of gigs at this in yeah, this case yeah potentially you could have a 26 gig ssd Which you then need to copy to your slow hard drive (laughs) again. (laughs) Disabling StormEye is not something you're going to want to do all the time, Uh, yeah, or that you should do, (laughs) yeah.
0: But yeah, Uh, the other thing, I mean, and probably the 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 use case that AMD leans into the most of StormEye is accelerating things like game launches, application launches, and here you see these huge gains, right? Now, this is where where uh, Alan pointed out the hard drive only is actually faster than the first time you ran it Mm -hmm. when we had the cache enabled, and that's because it's doing that duplicate. Work, yeah. So, in the extra work in the background, but when we closed it, let it sit, rebooted the machine, and went back and started again, it went from that eighty-three seconds down to twenty-one seconds, yeah.
1: which is significant. Oh,
0: that's huge, and, it, and it's even you know if you count the fifty-four to twenty-one
1: drop, that's still big. Yeah.
0: Then, if you look at the Intel side, you get a similar thing where it's the second run that gets the majority, right. get the the most the most speed up. But from it does, the cache but it does
1: start. at least go. Like in my experience, the Intel solution will always go at worst the hard disk yes. speed the first time yeah makes sense right?
0: because of the way it's it's a cache Versus the yeah. tier. It's just, it's just duplicating
1: it's, yeah. it. It's not moving blocks around yeah. and trying to launch it at the same time.
0: Similar right. story here with GTA V uh, in, in the launching story mode in there, which is something it does take for freaking ever. Uh, again, big speed-ups on both platforms. You get the little intricacy of the first one being uh, longer on the on the story my solution, but yeah. overall pretty good. And then one last final data point. We happen to run uh, Sysmark, which is one of our productivity tests that we utilize. We just did like five iterations of it. What we noticed was the the score on the eighty seven hundred K with Optane varied a lot, and that's yeah. not something we'd ever seen in any of our standard non cached testing. Whereas on this store MI, it was you know as flat a line as you can get in uh, in this kind of you know multi hour yeah. test uh, before.
1: I added a note in there, even in the article, because I'm I'm not like we've done similar tests before. I don't know what was different about it this time that made it bounce around that much, but like we've you know, I
0: don't know if we've ever done five consecutive.
1: I've never done five but in I, but in I, Sysmark with with that. We've previously done like three obtained. like three in a row. Usually, like when I was doing other testing before, it was usually just three in a row. But I've never seen it do anything other than climb. Yeah, during those three, like every single time. So right? it's
0: interesting because one of the advantages, uh, on paper at least, the Storm Eye has is that you can you have a cache up to two hundred fifty gigs. Mm-hmm as opposed to the limit is uh, 64 gigs for Optane. Yep. Now, I, I want to point out, like, we tried for a little bit, honestly, not tremendously hard, to try to figure out how to break Optane caching, like, make it so that 64 gigs was, wasn't enough to do something right. accelerated. It's very and, hard. And it was, it's hard to do. It's a very intelligent caching system. Yeah. But, like, mentally theoretically mm-hmm. from a scientific if i were writing a, a paper on this or or, or you, you would doing ass- my dissertation you would assume that there more, has, more is better you would there has to be a point where having four times as much cash means that you can accelerate four times as much stuff than right. 64 gigs and i
1: think for that to happen stormi would have to be as intelligent about the caching as yeah. intel is yeah. you have to realize intel's been doing this for like a decade now sure right. and,
0: but i think in has been doing it for a while too i i don't know but yeah. um so i mean that's that's kind of our, our our takeaway from this is that uh they're just different enough mm-hmm. store am i and opt-in caching that it's not a true like apples to apples comparison but uh if amd's goal was to create a storage ecosystem that Provided the same level of performance and had some advantages in terms of cost or some advantages in terms of capacity, they've definitely done it. It's something that if you're building a new Ryzen system, you should look at. Keep in mind that the the only uh, or the biggest drawback to StoreMI is that it is difficult to undo yes right so if you use this system and you just use it then whatever it's fine it's going to be great but like to disable it and say i don't want to go back to just this keep in mind that you're You know, files are going to be in all different kinds of places. And even if the, you know, the undo thing works correctly and you go
4: back to it copies everything back to your SSD. I don't think we saw some weird partitions on your drive. You have to to
1: to disk part a drive before you clean it before you. The undo as far as move your data back to the places where it was supposed to go and separate the two drives, that works. Yeah. The problem is that those two drives, you can't just move them to a non-store my machine. If you put them in
0: right, you can leave them in there and and utilize. They'll them still be separately. seen.
1: Like w- once you have created a Stormeye array on whatever that whatever those uh, storage devices are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it manipulates the, the EFI partitions in such a way that if you move them to a system that doesn't have StorMI on it, uh, it just the it system will not be able to even recognize the partitions right on the disk. Yeah, uh, the data. Might still be there. It's just, you're just not going to get it. You're right. You're yeah. not going to see anything.
4: If, if you if one of your drives in StoreMI dies and you don't have a backup, you are hosed. Basically, yeah. you're not getting that data back. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, you'll recognize it. You won't be able to see it. It's just like RAID system. Zero.
0: It's just like JBOD. You're not getting, you're it, not recovering it. Yeah.
1: It's that. actually a little bit worse, even from a data recovery standpoint, because it's block level. I believe it's like 4 meg or 2 meg or something like that blocks. That Stormi is manipulating. It's mm-hmm. block level caching. Not file level. But it's like, it's like almost randomly positioned block level. Because over time, it's going to be like, oh, I want to write to the hard disk. Well, even though that hard disk might have initially had everything all in a row. Mm-hmm. Over time, it's all going to get juggled around at the block level. Because Stormi is uh, arranging those blocks at will. Right, so a block, you know, an area that you might have thought was the end of the disk, as far as the OS was concerned, Mm. could very well be a block at the beginning of the disk. Right. Right. So even if you tried to do uh, data recovery and go, well, I can't see the partition layout. Sure, but I know my files are there, and I'll use you know some handy software that'll image the disk and go through and find my files. They they'll still be Swiss cheesed because the blocks will not be in the right order. And I don't know of any data recovery software that can decipher the block. You know that block table that's stored by hmm. store My, right it's going to be this very proprietary kind of thing that i you know i'm just i don't think there's any way to get back right you'd have to somehow fix the thing right. so that it looked like it did originally to store My and then plug it back into a store driver installed <laughs> system and pray basically that's hmm. how you're going to get your data back
0: Back up um, your systems. Yes, back up all your up. data like we all like
1: we always tell you to do. This is basically this is go. riskier than RAID zero. Is what I would consider it. Mm.
0: Eh. I don't think anybody eh. that has a hard drive die
1: in RAID zero expects to get their data back. If you want to call it black and white like that, then sure, it's equal. Yeah, I don't. But I like, don't think. But like you're, back. you're reducing possibilities of data recovery.
0: I don't think anybody who has RAID zero J JBOD is gonna get their data back. Like <laughs> yeah. that's an unreasonable expectation for a consumer non enterprise application. That's true. Uh all right, let's move on to the next story. Samsung Portable SSD X five. This is a uh it's an external Thunderbolt SSD. What's the what's the quickie on this? We're
1: we're running long. Uh it's a fast drive. Uh it goes, you know, up, right. upward almost three gig per second. Looks like a spaceship.
2: Uh yeah, I it's a yeah, good it, story, it, Alan. Strong work. High five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of bulky given what's in there, right? Because it's just an M. dot two SSD that's in there, and they put it in a plastic housing. It's not really like you know, kind of like like a automotive, paint but it's, it's
2: kind of curved.
1: Yeah, it does look like one of those automotive your, paint swatches. Here you go. There's pleasure. Um, not you know, really. It's a cool looking drive. It's just <laughs> instead of instead of making it a heatsink style enclosure, which what's the name of another drive, Ken? That the the Tech-Q Yeah, Tech-Q Rapid, The, th- uh, yeah, the uh, Thunderbolt uh, drive we've tested recently. Yeah, yeah. Other, other makers have of devices similar to this have just made like the, the housing is the heat sink, right? It's got ridges sure. in it and stuff like that, and uh, it's made out of aluminum on the outside. Well, Samsung, for whatever reason, wanted plastic, even though their previous like uh, T5 was an aluminum housing. Yeah. They moved to a full plastic housing, which kind of insulates the heat transfer. Mm-hmm. So they put a big old block of, I think, magnesium... On the right side there in that picture, that's like the whole half of the shell uh, is just filled with this block. Such a weird design. Yeah, it's Thanks. filled with this block of metal that's supposed to act as a heat sink, but it's not really a sink because, because of the plastic outer shell. There's, a, there's an insulating outer yeah. shell, right? So <laughs> it's, it's more just like a thermal mass, right? It just, it's making it a bigger mat it, piece. It, yeah, you so know, if you do, I mean, so if you do, um, I, I was able to, you know, I was able to do. Um, over five minutes, like, max, full speed, doing, like, okay. a couple of gig per that's second fine, writes. Man. That's fine. You know, but then you'll eventually hit a brick wall where the the thing starts to the thermal throttle because there's nowhere for the heat to go. It's
0: a little right? odd that the PCB is so large and there's all this empty space and...
1: Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's only... These SSDs only produce about five or six watts when they're fully
3: active. Right. So that's
1: not a lot of power, but, again, it needs somewhere for the heat to go.
3: Um and well and you need a chance of being able to find it in your bag occasionally. Uh
1: yeah.
4: Does the Thunderbolt controller make contact with the heatsink? Heat sink pad? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because that's that's drawing more power than the SSD.
1: I think so. Yeah.
2: You know, and, and if you go fast enough with the magnesium shell, oh. uh that will spark really nicely <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh and, and it's gonna burn and a really bright and that's you'll find it in any bag thermite. you put it in. Yeah. Um, any bag. <laughs>
1: It doesn't matter how dark it is. So I kind of changed gears on this one, and I ran our regular suite on all of these externals. Okay. Uh, Back when I first designed that suite, the whole build was so that it could be run on something that was a generic volume, and this is the first time we're actually, like, using it in that way, right? Um, I mean, we could even point it up like a NAS if we wanted to. Don't do that. Um, Yeah, it might not be good for the NAS. (laughs) Um, So... End result, I, and I, I've left a break there in the chart. The then nah, those, nah. Yeah, the na. nah. nah uh, those bottom two entries are... Nah,
3: nah, nah, nah. Are,
1: <laughs> Bottom two entries are natively like, you know, a, a 970 or an 860 just direct attached to your system. Um, and you can tell, like, the X5 is getting pretty darn close. hmm mm-hmm. Right? Uh, for an external, uh, it's surprisingly close. Um, the rights, for, the random rights weren't as good... You were just there on the other chart. The random writes, which is the orange bars, uh, weren't as good as a native uh, drive. But if you look at the blue bars there, which is your random read speeds, which you're probably more concerned about, uh, pretty close. You know, uh, like 20K to 22K difference there. Um, And then mixed burst uh, test, which, you know, you could consider kind of a heavier workload. You got some writes going on in the background and you're doing burst reads. Again, pretty good result. Hmm. Um, and compared to anything else that's, that's an external, you're talking like at least 2X. And yeah. we, were con- we were comparing against uh, USB 3.1 Gen 2, you know, 10 gigabit USB devices, uh, even that had a pair of SATA SSDs and a RAID, and it was still just walking all over them. Um, so really good. Uh, if you scroll down a little more, we did a cache test, um, the newer version of the... One more... Newer version of the cache test, uh, I ran this not so much to test the cache because we already knew the cache was going to be similar to a 970 Evo because that's basically the, the product that's inside this, uh, and, and it was. Um, I was looking more for the newer version of this cache test that we've run for like about a month now, uh, does a lot of writing, mm-hmm. and I was worried about the thermals, right? It, it, oh, sure. You know, it, it's uh, the duty cycle. You
0: did about 60 gigs of writing eight times.
1: Yeah, eight times. Uh, granted, at the beginning there were some three seconds. There were large, seconds, relatively yeah. large idle times between those sixty-second bursts. But as you get towards the middle of that test, you know you're only six pa- seconds, three seconds. Yeah, six seconds, three seconds. Um, you know, between three passes in a row, each one writing like sixty or seventy gig, with only like a few seconds of breathing room in there, yeah. and it still didn't throttle. So. Uh, I was looking at some of the other reviews on other sites. Um, They did similar kinds of tests and they were doing like higher Q depth writing, and maybe that loaded it a little bit more and heated up a little bit more. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe their room was just warmer. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a funny thing. You have, when you have an insulator like that, I mean, even the thing that it's sitting on matters. Right. Right. Because, you know, from plastic to air, it's not really going to conduct heat away and wick heat away but if you just had it sitting on say like a glass table it would run cooler than if it was just sitting on a wood table as an example got it right like because you're just relying on passive heat transfer out of of the shell so that very much matters so i would say don't use it with it like sitting on the blanket of your bed and just be beating the crap out of it it's probably going to throttle (sighs) right like yeah Anyway, so um,
0: the you said potential issues, there's a Thunderbolt thing. There's no backwards compatibility on this drive, which some people might. Yeah. So people that are
1: used to using USB external devices that have USB type C ports on them. Well, Thunderbolt uses the same physical port, but it's communicating differently. Right. Um, So if you plug it, I mean, you're free to try to plug it into a USB 3.1 port, but it's just going to throw up this warning. And this particular controller is not able to. Just change gears and start speaking, uh, or start translating the USB UASP protocol over to NVMe. Yeah, it's just not a thing. That's that's a, that's a thing yet, right? Um, there's the what's that other something Ridge controller, Ken? Titan. Titan Ridge. So Alpine Ridge is only Thunderbolt. Doesn't even really speak USB, other than just to tell you, hey, it's no, yep, it, no, no it has work.
4: native USB 3.1 in it. It does. Yeah, All Alpine Ridge. Yeah, it's a Thunderbolt three controller. It has power, USB
1: three, and Thunderbolt. So then what was different about the the other one? Well, the the other one allows, like, it, it,
4: in Alpine Ridge, it's just lanes of USB three. Yeah, Titan Ridge will sort of. Titan Ridge is meant for the primary application I've talked about is docks. So if you have a USB 3.1 port on your computer that supports power delivery, USB, and display port, then a dock with a Titan Ridge controller in it
1: could fall back yes. and use those capabilities via the USB port. Well, what we don't know is if Titan Ridge can also translate to NVMe. Yeah. That's, that's a big the question. big question. Got so it. even with a Titan Ridge chip in there, it might not be any different. Okay. Right? Because that's that's more than just a generic interface thing like you have to talk the other protocol to the device on the other side of the chip right which um, actually
4: actually brings up one of the more interesting things we kind of stuck in this article is days ago we got i the adapter i imported from china which is mm-hmm. a usb 3.1 to m.2
1: pcie adapter yep for like 25 bucks from china So J micron controller j micron controller in there and it was and it turned out to be uh we weren't even sure what generation usb it was because it didn't even it just said 3.1 <laughs> it turned out it was actually gen 2 so it was going you know full 10, 10 gigabit, gigabit uh, to uh nvme device on the other side of it did reasonably well and, and
2: this was a j micron device yeah it was exactly. just a j micron
1: control like uh interface adapter
2: yeah but still it didn't it didn't yeah. cause pauses no 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 there was no
1: stuttering <laughs> uh none of that just can't let anything go josh <laughs> no, I can't. Well, I have a lot of you know, so wh- memory. So, what's it, what's it going to cost me? Uh, they're expensive. They're like seventy cents a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say, I mean, they're kind of in this thing where I mean that's the fastest game in town for an external. What? What? Buy a lot. So yeah. you kind of too much money. You know. So the combination of it's a lot of money. Uh, relatively to anything else that's an external, yeah. Uh, even that's Ken's... about as
2: far from ten cents a gig as you can possibly get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you take you take this versus like Ken's twenty five dollar adapter, and then when you can finally find one, like a cheap six sixty p or something, right? Like that would make a pretty good. Yeah, external. that
0: adapter plus a six uh, a, hundred, a one terabyte, one terabyte a or six sixty p for two hundred bucks. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So that would be that would be two hundred and twenty five dollars potentially compared to fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs>
0: yeah. No well seven hundred bucks
1: for the one terabyte. That's what I was looking at. Oh, you were comparing the one terabyte.
0: One terabyte for two hundred bucks.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Four hundred and twenty five compared to And the Chinese uh, adapter is smaller. <laughs> that's true too. It's a narrower thing. It's a little bit longer, but it's narrower. Mm, interesting. So yeah, the pricing's kinda odd, but I get it, right? Like They can get away with those prices because you just you just can't Mm. get that performance in anything else. Um, And the other thing is that whole compatibility issue, right? You can only plug this into Thunderbolt three machines. Like you can't even. I mean, just to do the testing, we had to put that Thunderbolt DX three ASUS card on a desktop machine because desktop machines typically don't have Thunderbolt three native. You're just supposed to have a Mac, I guess, and it will (laughs) just plug into a Mac. That's oh, that explains the price. Um, yeah
0: look all thunderbolt accessories
1: backup. are expensive to be
0: fair this is true yeah right yeah. like
1: that's just part of the unfortunate it's just unfortunate. yeah it's just that it kind of has a double whammy going for it if it was backwards compatible yeah that might help it yeah no i agree right? it definitely would yeah i mean um, I,
4: I carry around the TechQ tech q rapide in my bag
1: to do you use say every say once in a while we pull it out oh, yeah. too? and i mean you can plug that in. and it's annoying because i go ow. Oh. <laughs> you can plug that in all the way down to like usb one it was yeah. still transfer.
4: No, I'm talking about the Thunderbolt 3 one.
1: The Rapid?
4: Yeah. What's the Thunderbolt 3 one?
1: Oh, that's also Yeah, you, you can plug that into 1394B. That one doesn't go to your feet? <laughs> no, <was> Thunderbolt 3. <laughs> okay. okay, so that one's also. Uh, never mind. Mm. I got my parts
2: back. Is, is that a Scirocco shirt you got on, Alan? Yes, mine is. Yes. No.
4: <laughs> see
2: Scirocco. It? You see the Scirocco one? The Mark, Mark 1 yeah. Scirocco
1: kind of more egg to hell
0: (laughs) is a mark one did you go all the way to Germany to
1: buy that no they made a mark two
0: I know but isn't the first one just the thing it's like going back and retroactively making it episode six they made a mark two
1: Scirocco which was a different (laughs) body external style but still an a1 frame so they I didn't actually update the you car. You know what? You know what? They just made
4: it look. You different. know what? what? What what have you done, right? I didn't. Just, come I on. Didn't, I didn't
2: care.
0: Let's move on. Like uh, check out, go out go the review out. of the Samsung Portable <laughs> SSD X5 <It's> on the <laughs> website. Uh, let's get into some news items. Okay, let's roll through this fast. Intel announces new eighth-generation mobile processors. This is probably what the third, fourth launch of eighth-generation mobile processors thus far. The third. Okay.
4: okay. Yeah. Started with so the 15 many? watt parts. Had the 45 watt parts and the Iris Pro parts, and now we have more 15 watt parts and the five watt
1: parts and a partridge generator. Let's partridge make
4: rate. this. Let's make this quick. 15 watt parts. The U nothing series. besides high like boost you. clocks
3: okay.
4: up to 600 megahertz, which is you know a pretty healthy boost clock if your chassis, your notebook chassis, will actually dissipate that much heat. and yeah. Boost clocks up. No, nothing there on the CPU side. Really. That's that's it. Just kind of tweaked frequencies amber lake Y is more interesting because it's actually it's moving sort of micro architectures from the previous core parts for cabby lake and these are i don't know whatever the hell we're in cabby lake refresh ish whiskey lake the fourth step
1: of the waltz the fifth I square think dance at this point, square. I think. Can, yeah, yeah,
4: it
0: square dance. It can, yeah. <laughs> I think, think these will be the processors in the new MacBook. <laughs> I, th-
4: I think these might be the new processors. In the uh, uh, I read that somewhere. Yeah, I, so I mean, just again, frequencies, yeah, improved frequencies. You're not going to see any IPC improvements because you know it's. Heavy Lake to Amber Lake. Like, Fair. Whatever.
0: The same thing on the on the Y series down there. Yeah. Uh, still two core, four thread parts. He, I mean, the ranges in these clock speeds are getting ridiculous 1.5 to 4.2 gigahertz. Yeah, Jesus. boosting
4: to 4.2 in a five watt part is kind of insane.
1: Yeah. Can <laughs> I hold that for like three, four milliseconds? Like yeah, I, I mean, two or three full seconds. <laughs> I mean, these oh. are
4: usually passive machines. So. <laughs> yeah. I w- if you ever saw four gigahertz, I'd be amazed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the kind of bigger news around this is they're talking about connectivity. They're talking about built-in, quote-unquote, gigabit Wi-Fi, which is what (laughs) Intel has been referring to as wireless AC dual bands, 2 by 2 160 megahertz, which you have to have 160 megahertz support on your router, which is still a very new thing.
0: As much as I'm annoyed by the term gigabit Wi-Fi, I will say that it's easier to say than AC 2x2, 160 (laughs) megahertz. Yeah, no,
4: it's it's a
3: needed marketing (laughs) term, I think. To gigabit Ethernet implementation (laughs) 2.38.
0: Well, I mean, it's clearly like, hey, Qualcomm talked about gigabit LTE for a long time. Like, yeah, yeah, we got gigabit wireless too. Yeah. Yeah. It's Wi Fi. For
1: for five feet from the router. (laughs) But
0: it's gigabit.
4: (laughs) And speaking of LTE, they were quick to point out that all of these, the Amber Lake and Whiskey Lake, can be paired with Intel LTE modems. to kind of have platforms pre-built for that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. And if you want to shove LTE into one of these machines. Yeah. Because they have to answer to Qualcomm now in that area. Right. Uh, and then kind of the last big thing is integrated USB 3.1 Gen 2, 10 gigabits per second on the chipset. Sweet. Which be nice. One less third-party controller in your notebook kind of. Save some space.
0: I believe uh, I saw some Twitter hubbub as well about uh, uh, Spectre it's Meltdown be stuff.
4: Yeah. Uh, That's st- all I've seen. Still
0: not finalized. I think the last thing I saw was what is it supposed either to be? Meltdown was fixed in hardware, but uh, uh, Spectre was still. One of the Spectre or vice wasn't, versa. I think,
4: or one of the generations of Spectre.
1: I, how yeah. about this? I, it, can't, I can't speak to any of is that. Is it the one that impacts didn't talk the about performance it. is really all I care about? Not yeah, right. yet. No. Okay. So then who cares, honestly? Well Well, I, I mean know. security is nice. I, I no, care. I understand. But if it doesn't <laughs> impact the performance, then it's already fixed in on the OS side anyway for the time being. So whatever. Mm. Right? Until they fix the one that gives you the performance back. Then, Considering they keep
4: finding the well, speculative execution vulnerabilities, fixing something in hardware might help them down
3: the line. That's true. Well, and also, <laughs> like, I mean, foreshadow was just this week for crying out loud. You yep. assume
4: that the
0: hardware fix will improve performance. It should. It, uh, uh, I mean, it, uh, might not. it might not. Right? If they have to get rid of, if they still have to get rid of the speculative execution
3: portion completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah Even in hardware, like the the harshness. I think of- it would help mitigate the slowdown a bit. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, one for one.
1: If it did have that vulnerability Cause, still exist, yeah, because right now you're like flushing caches and pipelines and stuff between, like, mm-hmm. during contact switches, yeah. and it, that's pretty horrendous from an acceleration standpoint. Right?
0: Uh, we're still trying to figure out and finalize that information. Obviously, Intel's not super keen on uh, <laughs> talking it up. Yeah. Uh, you also posted something here, Ken, about Dell and their kind of EFA announcements. They had a whole bunch of stuff, but the one that stood out maybe was the XPS thirteen changes.
4: Yeah. Well, I just noticed my uh, title issue here. The 13 thirteen two and two. Ooh, the two and two.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that was. You didn't know about this new form factor. You didn't like two two. talk ask like, across the office. You didn't you didn't say something
1: out loud mm. to Ken while you were staying there. Hey, what's a two and two? No, I was I noticed when I was reading it like
2: oh. five minutes ago. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. so it's a two uh, how and come one. nobody's branded this TNT? I don't know. Because it's not really a 2-in-2. Yeah, it's not
4: 2 and 2 isn't
2: a thing. Yeah, it can though. screw yeah. it up. TNT. It's fine. It's TNT.
0: It's dynamite. So are these basically Dell machines using the Whiskey Lake, Amber Lake parts? The new Amber Lake parts. Oh, okay. Because yeah. this is the 13-2-in-1, so it's yeah. the, the new low-power stuff. As far as I can tell,
4: no major changes in the chassis or anything, but you should see higher in, increased performance and probably a little bit higher battery life from these new processors. Uh, and then they also announced a new lower end tier of XPS 13 using mm. the dual core 8130U, uh, 4 gigs of RAM, 128 gig SSD, the 1080p display starts at 899
0: Is the 8130U the 10 nanometer part? No. What's the, I can't remember the name, the model number of the I can never remember Caton that one. Like thing.
4: But no, because if it was the 10 nanometer part, it would also need a discrete GPU. Oh,
3: yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> that whole yeah. thing. That's a good point.
4: And then, lastly, they announced that the Dell Developer Edition XPS machines are shipping with Ubuntu eighteen oh four, so the latest release, which is nice to see. Get your Dell laptops. Yep.
0: Yeah, you know if you want to. Uh, Jeremy Acer showing off their stuff at uh, IFA as well. They had oh, yeah. they had a quite a quite a range of things. What are the ones that stand out?
3: I, well, I mean, you've got their new Predator and uh, what's the other one called? Uh, Nitro? Nitro? Yes, thank you. The Predator and the Nitro. So the Predator is the G Sync flavor, the Nitro is the Free yeah, Sync version.
1: I think I They're love both.
3: these. Uh, what do you call those the things hood. along
0: the sides? The hood, yeah. I think, oh. I
3: think that's it's, cool. It's part of Acer Vision Care. Oh. Vision so it reduces Care. eye strain. Oh. Really?
0: It also keeps your neighbors from cheating off of you on the test.
3: Also true. Yeah. Or, you know, knowing where you are when you're gaming. (laughs) Helps you do that color grading on your
4: gaming monitor.
3: Yeah. So you've got uh, 144 hertz top refresh rate on what, and these monitors top out at 4K. Of course, you're not going to be able to do both at once yet. And... I. One thing that was pointed out is well, they are HDR monitors. They're using the Display HDR 400 standard, yeah, which yeah. barely qualifies as HDR in that at least it's not standard.
4: I mean, you get the but color which, accuracy stuff out of the Display HDR standard, yeah. but yeah, the brightness. You yeah, you get you more color, you don't know, yeah, get know. the yeah, you're more quality uh, difference.
3: Yeah. And so they just have the one Predator model. Uh, the Nitro actually comes with uh, this 4K we're looking at, a 1440p widescreen and an IPS. And a TN one as well, in case you, you prefer the uh, benefits of the Twisted pneumatic, or pneumatic. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Next up is uh, the Swift 5, which goes perfectly with uh, Al's uh, portable SSD X5, because the body is made out of a magnesium lithium alloy. Oh, great. So just scrape it along and see what happens. Wait a minute. Wasn't that... That super light
4: laptop, wasn't that a... It is. Magnesium, lithium the, the, alloy, uh, the Lenovo
3: uh, NEC yeah, thing. NEC, yeah. uh, the so these guys did the same thing, but uh. went lighter. Yeah. 990 grams, 2.2 pounds, or as I say, less than the weight of most heat sinks nowadays that's for your a, processor. That's a lighter than the Lenovo what, one? What processor does it use? Uh, it's an 8665U. Oh, newly announced. Yeah, strangely enough. <laughs> uh, the Aspire series got updated. Uh, the 7s are neat. They got the 807 okay. 5G or 8305G, so can you've got like the RX Vega in there.
2: Yeah.
3: Which is interesting. You know what the best uh, part of
2: that laptop is?
3: Hmm? Which It part? can achieve 2,500
5: degrees Fahrenheit. Just not on your lap, I hope. <laughs> We
2: blow, you know, make magnesium alloys with lithium. Yes. That's not, you No, know. it's not
3: a problem.
4: No. what? what could I'm not throwing my wrong. notebook into a fire. Yeah, I don't think we have no, no, depends you on how to. you angry do
2: is just get one corner to scrape on something and ignite. Yes, I'm exactly, I'm sure that's exactly think, how it works. I, Josh. Think you, I think
1: you might need some.
4: <laughs> oh, I dropped my notebook. Oh, my. <laughs> <Actually, laughs> it, it is. Yeah, that stuff lights off hard. Yes, I'm sure they didn't yep. think about that at all in this compound.
5: <laughs> <laughs> My experience with magnesium it. strips is it's you not have a to have Samson something very hot to
0: Christ light. It.
4: Yep.
0: I would think drop. Yeah, in the but ground what you do. Alright, what it's else? Fantastic. I want to get to this thing at the bottom. Keep going.
3: Oh sorry, quickly. So uh the Aspire comes with fives. They have the Amber Lake Y or Whiskey Lake U paired with an MX one hundred fifty. Okay. And the Aspire three is down around five hundred dollars. Oh. And it'll just come with uh, one of the Amber Laker whiskeys and something tiny
2: to run its uh, that's graphics. That's a pretty monitor.
3: Yeah, no, that's an all-in-one. That's a Z24. So it's 24-inch Ooh. 1080p screen, 10-point touchscreen. Same sort of a thing with a whiskey like you and a GeForce MX150 uh, hidden behind it. It's also got support for up to 32 gigs of Optane if you really want to play with it. And it comes with a remote control and is more or less uh, set up at the factory to be usable from around four meters away, so it functions more as a a fancy TV or, you know, a shared machine than something you slap on your desktop to not take up much space. Okay. They went with the mixed reality headset trend, so the Ojo 500, uh, the two screens in the front uh, will offer a 100 degree field of view at 2880 by 1440 with up to a 90 hertz refresh rate, which is you know, up there where you'd want to be. Uh, as you can see, they went with the more of the speaker design as opposed to the in-ear headset. So, the the idea being that this is sort of mixed reality. It's got cameras on the front, so you can use it as a, a an enhanced reality thing, or it is fully Steam compatible if you want to play with it. And then there's the thing that Ryan just can't. This stop is the VR at. headset I want. No, you know, <laughs> it, it is a headset. It's yeah. just for your entire body. When
1: you look at this picture without. Scale initially, you think that's just it, think does, it. Does like look like head something head that wraps
0: out. around your head and yeah, like and that's sitting
1: on a nice mount? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the stand. I don't for think
4: it. I saw this in the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. This What's is the, the Thronos?
2: Thronos. Yes, oh, it is called that's the that's Thronos. That's where I hide from my wife and children.
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> in, in the everything. It's on the Thronos. Leave me alone.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the porcelain Isn't that the thing Darth Vader
3: comes out of. Like, yes. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's Darth Vader's toilet. Yeah. So
0: this so is, you, uh, th- they're never going to sell this, right? Like,
5: oh, well, you
0: know,
3: someone's going to freaking buy the damn thing.
1: Wait, wait. So of back say it's a desktop PC. No, it is the freaking desk.
3: Like, well, it's another all in one. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so that's all in one. All right. <laughs> I want this. I, I want this. Three, yeah, this, our,
0: this is a this is, uh, uh, grandma's boy. Style setup, yeah, right. Slide in. Hopefully, you can push the whole thing up so the monitors. I don't know how you get in and out of it. Maybe just slide in and then the side
3: and out. Uh, there's <laughs> the holes. You don't actually have to leave. <laughs> don't get out of this thing. Okay, okay.
0: What is the point of the giant base underneath the chair, though? You, that's what do you I'm want to
3: be in that thing PC. when it tips over. they've uh, sort of done some demographics on the size of person that's going to be sitting in here, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to make the seat bigger. Uh, so so are the colors RGB compatible or is it yeah, just that's god? That's yes. what I want to know. Oh god,
0: I, I hope, hope so. There's so. well, there's not a chance they ever sell this product. There's no chance. <laughs> you know chance. all you
2: need, all you need is a relatively small air compressor and a little uh, you know, um, uh, put kind of thing around the bottom and you can have a floating chair. I mean like 25 pounds per square inch and and you're going to be sliding all over your house. <laughs>
1: Like what's you hell? want
2: this to be a hover chair? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're, come on, you got to all... expand your doorways throughout the house or have an yeah. open concept. So next time, I can just see could it now.
1: It. I go over to Ryan's place. I ring his doorbell, and like he comes to the door, and it's just Ryan reaching his hand out of this thing. Hang on, door. hang on. Oh, um, hey, right,
0: right, come on in. I <laughs> it just like, takes off. I, I like back. how Josh
4: doesn't think to put wheels on it. He thinks to make it <laughs> into a <fucking laughs> hover chair, mate.
0: Hover <laughs> chair. <laughs> you got to put tank-style treads on either <laughs> oh, side. Yeah, yeah, that all right. He doing runs doing that. out
1: there mowing his lawn while he's doing oh, a racing shit. game. <laughs> right. that, that's what the deck Did is. Is it John Deere compatible? <laughs> Can we
0: work? make that oh, work? That's a good idea.
2: No, too it's much It's got DR-M. a power takeoff, but you don't want to know what for. Oh, man. Uh, they, they didn't have any more
0: details on this thing, how much it was supposed to cost, or when I was going to be able to buy it, or anything like that. That's bullshit.
1: Oh, uh, Let me check. I the, don't you know, think you know, so. The chat's, the chat's got it right. This is like the... The the two thousands version of the chairs from wall getting closer the, that all the fat people yeah, are falling around in. Yeah. yeah,
0: I like the Tron stripe along the top. Yeah, it does look cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could definitely have this in a room that I let no people ever see ever.
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what
0: do you do for a living, Ryan? Let me come down to the basement. Let me show you. <laughs> Let me show you well, okay.
2: come back up oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put some pedals on it though keep that you know acti- activity going. All right. Uh, moving on. Thank you for that, Jerry. Oh no, not yet. No. Oh, okay. Oh, what? what?
2: Oh, damn it, they didn't list a price. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> surprised. Oh wait. Shuck. Wait. If you have to ask. Yeah. No, they, they don't have a price.
3: Oh, there's no price in the PR. All right. No. Much disappointment.
2: Moving
0: on. Join Battlefield 5 Open Beta, GeForce Drivers 399.07. These are Wickle drivers that are. We're so are, close to 400. Are, are for the Battlefield 5 uh, beta that starts on September 4th, I think it is. Yeah, not a coincidence, probably the 400 will start with the two twenty. The 20 series parts, yeah, yeah. 2080, 2080 Ti, whenever those actually decide to launch. I mean, I guess. You think they're going to launch CUDA
4: 10? Along with RTX? They've already launched CUDA 10 with the Quadros. Have they? Yeah. yeah. The
2: SDK's out. Oh. Well, never mind. <laughs> I think yes, then. That's my prediction. Yeah. yeah, they're going to launch it. They should have called it <laughs> CUDA X. You wrong. CUDA X.
5: Yeah.
0: And then you can start naming after mountains, too. Um, so get that driver out if you need it. I, I, hopefully, I, I, you know what? I don't want anybody to send me a Battlefield 5 beta key because I don't want to have to play it all.
4: Fair. You got a shiny gaming laptop with your logo on it. That's true. Why don't you want to Let's play Battlefield 5?
3: Because he doesn't have a gaming throne. Mm, Fair.
0: RTX isn't going to be enabled on it anyway, even if you had an RTX card. Is it really? In the beta? I don't, uh, I don't think so, yeah. You, you, need, I don't
4: think so. you need redstone five for Yeah, you need five you and stuff too. So. Well mm. sort of
0: yes we'll just leave it at that uh also in terms of random graphics news uh radeon the amd launched the radeon pro v340 this is not a uh gaming card this is an enterprise level card aimed at virtualization it's actually a dual vega graphics card which is kind of interesting just from a a design standpoint uh it has uh two vega 56 gpus in it 7,168 stream processors in total, total two, two eight pin power connectors, I think.
4: Is there one display output on that?
0: It's not a display. It's a mini display port, but it's not a display output. It's yeah. for um, management okay. and firmware Wait. updating and stuff like that. Because this is meant for, this is
3: meant for no, VDI. I,
4: I understand that it shouldn't have a display output, but it's using a mini display port, port for firmware and management on a GP. Isn't that what the I would for? You?
3: Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, Looks like a perfect mining card. <laughs> like, what kind of proprietary <laughs> ass dongle are
4: you going to have to have for that? An
0: AMD one? <laughs> yeah, one that they'll sell you, or that their OEM partners will sell you. Um, huh. This one supports up to thirty-two virtual machines. Huh. Um, like I said, VDI type okay. system here.
4: Yeah, I mean, VDI is really the bread and butter for this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Anything else on that, Jeremy? Uh, I think it's, just, it's only two slots only two slots i think it's supposed to be like under two thousand dollars right
3: it's uh yeah they didn't give an actual price it's not but crazy it's expensive under.
0: so um and let's see speaking of drivers Radeon software adrenaline edition 188.2. what stands out here
3: jeremy uh it's optimized for driving an f1 car through zombies in the 1950s nice. strange brigade Yes, and F1 is F1TM
0: 2018 actually uh, F1 uh,
3: trademark. Well, <laughs> technically it is, but I shall remove that. Fitum 2018 uh, PDFs. I, I played
4: a little Strange Brigade today okay. while, while GPU benchmarking. That actually seems pretty cool. Like it's a oh, cool really? premise. Yeah, it's. Is it's this a, the? It's a sniper elite people.
0: But is it the game where you're taking part in multiple
4: generations of? like no. combat? No? No. It's a four-player, up-to-four-player uh, up co-op, sort of like zombie game. Zombie
2: survival set, set game. Set uh, like the like, 50s, uh, 60s, Left like Left 4 Dead? Yeah. It is. Totally oh. different, though. Left 4 Dead 4 know. confirmed. 3 confirmed. Yeah. So have you picked one up uh, F1 2018, though? I, I hear uh, that they've done some pretty impressive things with the graphics. You know, I've been benchmarking with it. It looks exactly the same as 2017 oh.
4: to me from the oh. benchmark.
2: I okay, I better, I better just keep on my 2017. It and turns out sort of that yeah. they've been
0: able to make cars look really and good you know what? for a while. The, you know what? The results
4: and, are pretty damn similar to <laughs> hmm. I'm so happy I didn't buy that. Yeah. yeah. It was on sale on Green Man Gaming when we got it for benchmarking. It was but-
0: on day one. Yeah, I might,
4: might pass it.
0: And <laughs> our, uh, our last story of the night, let's talk about Global Foundries. And uh, the fact that they dropped, they uh, indefinitely suspended development of 7 nanometer process technology affecting really two customers, AMD and IBM. And in reality, neither of them that dramatically, if at all, because AMD was already going towards TSMC for their first uh, processor and their first GPU using 7 nanometer. Josh, what are your thoughts on... um, on, on global foundry's decision here based on what we know to this point
2: you know there's there's a lot to unpack here and and sadly i'm i'm still writing and compiling some information on okay well then you can keep this. it short and we'll, we'll talk about it next week that's fine too okay yeah that that would that would be fantastic but Almost essentially like i called uh, a uh, you know global Foundry's has been um, has been a money pit for <laughs> mubadala is it, that how you pronounce them from I don't dubai know. Uh, They've been putting a lot of money into them. They've been making acquisitions. They've been, you know, in fact, IBM paid them to take their foundry group. It's pretty great. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, Yeah, until you you figure out. It's like, you know, hey, I've got this $75,000 car, and I'm paying $2,300 a month. And so I'll tell you what. I'll just give you the car if you just start making the payments for it, and okay. I'm going to be happy. What if I
0: take the car and don't make the payments?
2: Well, then then people from Dubai are going to come and visit. <laughs> okay. come and take your UV mm. machines. Yeah. No, leave my <laughs> UV. You know, some guys with sledgehammers They're just going to bust and, uh, in the sidewall. Out the outside walls. Of, clean of room, your clean be damned. Let's do this. And take UV things uh, <laughs> um, You know, and so... Okay, so they said, essentially, 90% of their R&D money was being sucked into 7-nanometer development. Now, if you look back, Global Foundries, they tried their own 14-nanometer process. It didn't work out. They licensed it from Samsung. I don't know what the license agreement is and how much Samsung gets from— Pack of bubblegum. What's that? Pack of bubblegum. Something like that. I mean, I mean Global Foundries has got to be paying still. Oh, yeah. Sure. Then they developed their own, you know, kind of 12 nanometer from that, that Samsung 14 nanometer. And that's where they're actually making some money. And they're trying to push that process as well as they're the only other FDSOI foundry in the world. I think the other one is um, SC Micro in France. They've mm. got a fab that does about 5,000 wafer starts a month, which is not. It's not much. I mean, Megafab is 55,000 wafer starts a month, if not higher. And so they're going to focus on the things that they already have developed. They're trying to widen out their, their consumer base, trying to get probably just into the black because they haven't been for a long time since AMD divested themselves of this. It's been a money hole. It's been a sink. It's and, still it, yeah, I think it's the right decision for them. It's it, kind of cruddy for the industry. It's yeah. cruddy for their partners, but they have no choice because how much money are you going to sink into this?
0: It's it, it's kind of interesting to me because it feels like it was very recently that I was there. When the hell was that? Like
4: 2011 or.
0: No, no. I was back up in Malta like last. It was this year. Yeah. And I toured, and I saw the EUV machines. Oh, yeah. One was installed. They had another that was being, you know, like was being set up. Uh, they talked about how they had to like seal off the clean room to bring in this crane to to hold the EUV machines, and then reconstruct the clean room around it. And what a pain in the ass Good it award. was! And I thought, What's wow, that's, construction
1: in a clean room. This,
0: is, yeah, that's what they had to do, right? <laughs> and you know, it, all the whole talk was about. I mean, they talked a little bit of, uh, tangentially about these, you know, different materials, the FDSOI, the the other processes they're working on. But it was still heavily about this is our seven nanometer roadmap. This is our schedule. We're going to be a fast follower. Uh, we're not going to be first to market, but we're going to do this, this, and this. I, I, I mean, and now they're going, yeah, you know, nah, you know, they changed CEOs. They probably got a couple of different quarterly reports back. Uh, they saw what what TSMC was doing. Maybe they saw again like how how much further ahead they were. Uh, they didn't want a license again from Samsung, couldn't afford to do that. And I, I kind of got the impression that they weren't confident that the amount of orders they were going to get at 7 nanometer, even with AMD and IBM, uh, were going to be enough to sustain the development costs for any kind of foreseeable future, so...
2: And it's not even just the development cost, but it's the materials and the power cost of what they're doing now. They don't have uh, their their EUV, EUV machines are not online for any kind of you know heavy duty manufacturing. But what is it that someone who's saying that that it was like five or ten megawatts per EUV machine? <laughs> I mean that's that's like five wind turbines powering one machine. Yeah. It's a ludicrous amount of power that uh, that's these a lot things camel power. require. Yeah. I well, well, was there in February. Where
4: do you go from here if you're global foundries?
2: Make uh, it, make you're trying to expand your base of your customers. You're you're getting into as many low-cost niche markets mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of with with, I mean, they're <laughs> with uh, RF um, mix mode analog stuff, FDSoI is awesome. Mm-hmm. Twenty two uh, FDX and their upcoming twelve FDX, really really good, interesting uh, physics and uh, um, behind that. I mean the the, the electrical uh, capabilities. I mean it's not as dense as what we get with like a, a seven nanometer FinFET, obviously. Sure. But the the power characteristics and back bias and stuff like that it's it's really outstanding and they're, they're able to use else. planar designs yeah and not finfet. There's there, there's a
0: there's a whole one of the things that you know I wrote this in in my market watch piece I put up this week. It's it's really easy to get lost in the idea of ten nanometer seven nanometer this being. Everything that is foundry business, but yeah. the vast majority of chips that are made are still made on older process technologies, probably going back to ninety nanometers and and, and stuff. Right? If you look at what a small fab like uh, Skywater does, who used to be um, Cypress up in Minneapolis, you know they do a lot of military work. They're doing a lot of customized and uh, specific materials that nobody else can use in, in the advanced processes. And Global Foundries is just going to lean more towards that direction. Take Take where their specialties
1: are and, yeah. and, and try to. There's plenty of market for people that are still stuck on
2: building parts on 90 or wherever, yeah.
1: whatever whatever they can find elsewhere,
2: yeah. right? Yeah, it's and and, unfortunately as enthusiasts we focus on the leading edge stuff, yeah. CPUs, GPUs. Yeah, but the vast majority of ICs that are are being developed are they don't need to have seven nanometer process. They don't need ten. They don't need they don't need 22. They need you know 28 nanometer. High-K metal gate. I mean, they, they need 45-nanometer yeah. stuff because they're small, very focused ASICs that if Forget- you shrink them down, they become kind of useless because you you can't put enough pads on there. Or you just waste a whole bunch of die space to be able to route pads yeah. onto the bottom of that so it can communicate with the world. And so what's the point in, in using 7-nanometer when a 65-nanometer thing is the perfect size? You get – the, the, the power is, is minimal no matter what because it's such a focused part.
0: I, I, I was reading uh, some of the earnings reports from ASML, who is one of the biggest providers of equipment to fabrication facilities. And they were talking about, you know, basically people watch that and figure out what their projections are mm-hmm. to project for the foundry market as a whole. <laughs> and one of the things that uh, they had said, and I think it was this quarter, or the quarter before, that, um, there was a significant shortage of like 28, uh, 45, 65 nanometer production equipment because it wasn't being manufactured anymore. And people couldn't refurb it and resell it fast enough for mm-hmm. all these other fabs that were trying to produce in the space. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Uh, probably when, when, when Josh writes up his piece, but it's, it's not the end of the world. I think a lot of people saw this and went, Oh my God, AMD is totally screwed now. And, and I don't think that's <laughs> the case. They were always leaning in TSMC. There's a reason why over the last several months it leaked out um, that seven nanometer Vega is going to be built at TSMC. That Rome, the and first is two part, is yeah. at
2: TSMC. They right? already had seven nanometer stuff back, and the only yeah. seven nanometer process that I was produced thing was the, TSMC. Yeah,
0: they have. They had out. They had not taped anything out of Global Foundries um, yet. So you know they weren't as far along as maybe some people had had predicted they would be.
3: All right, let's get into our hardware. Oh, are you going to skip Mr. Anderson or did you want a quick comment on that? Oh
0: yeah, no, no. Yeah. Mr. Anderson, otherwise known as Jim Anderson, who was uh senior vice president of the client compute group at AMD uh, is not there anymore. He resigned and he took a job at um, lattice semiconductor as the CEO, which is a little, it's pretty disappointing um jim's been there for a while he's kind of been the guy overseeing all this stuff with the rise of oh, damn it that term the rise of ryzen and the <laughs> Ripper brand and all the you know the ryzen mobile and all the all the consumer stuff uh including gpu was under him over that time period so i'm not exactly sure what the what the stuff was there what why he left uh, most of the rumors are that this was like kind of a you know, he, he got as high up as he could get inside AMD, wanted to be CEO. You know, Lisa Su's been getting a lot of attention and doing very well, so she's not going to suddenly
5: mm-hmm.
0: step aside for this. So he went on, and don't be surprised if you see him in another 5, 10 years pop up at another company that you might find interesting. I know when it first came out that he was resigning, but they didn't say where he was going to be CEO of. Some people had said, oh, he's going to go to Intel, and it's like, not a chance. <laughs> no, he's, he's too young. Not a chance. Well, I think he's been there, done that, hasn't he? Well, he was at Intel for a short time after the company was at was acquired. Um, but it not oh, like okay. he was an Intel life or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, now we'll do hardware, software picks of the week. Uh, mine is, uh, this thing I've had plugged in here. I kept thinking it was going to show me more than that, Alan, than it did. This is the, you have to have it. Like, get I see. Josh maybe, has a cat. Now you need a cat. This is the El Gato, the, the cat. Look at this cat.
4: It's weird because they're oh. a German company. It's, so. it's a great
0: cat. Um, so the Stream Deck is, in the, it's interesting now because Corsair bought Elgato, mm-hmm. what, two months ago something or something like that. like that? Yeah. So this is a a a switcher. It's basically an array of three by five scroll, buttons. Scroll back up. Oh, uh, back up. To the top. Does it, like it start at zero three? or one? I'm sorry?
3: Does it start at I zero said, or one? doesn't say
0: <laughs> doesn't say um and i can confirm that it is one oled screen underneath it because when i push the middle button like down real hard I, you get the screen like the pressed mm. effect on the other on the other buttons yep. but it's got like an oled screen on it so um you can configure what the icons are and the buttons are you use this if you're gonna stream on twitch if you're gonna uh uh you know we, we could replace alex with this thing <laughs> here and i just have five buttons right I is that pretty much how it works alex Oh, five buttons. <laughs> there was a point where Ken developed his own replacement, and then True. I think he broke it on accident so that we couldn't actually on, on, do it. On purpose, <laughs> accident. Yeah. There
4: it go, Ken. Yeah. So, so this actually These has are LCDs. I'm sorry, not OLED. Yeah. Um, this actually has sort of greater implications than just like streaming. That's what it's marketed towards. But you can it has very advanced macro key settings. You can make this do just about anything and they keep updating the software and you can do macros upon macros. You can have multiple pages of this stuff. Like it's you put like gifs on the individual screens. It's it's crazy. If there's any sort of like automation you want to do to simplify your life, you could run EXEs, you could run scripts, you could do so you whatever can the hell you want on it.
0: Like uh, will, will it help my kids editing. do
4: homework? oh yeah absolutely of course yeah well you buy
0: one push the
3: button how much much is it you got to attach the electrode to the kids first though how much is it that's the important I think
4: this one's 150 they have one with a less amount of keys I don't remember how many for 100 I think or one 150 isn't bad Yeah, it's a very well built product
0: Let's okay. see. It comes, it comes One stand it can 4. adjust. Yeah, I've got that here. Handles. It's got. It's got. You can see it in the picture there. The stand that comes down wow. and, you know, much like a, a lawn chair at a at a at a pool, you can adjust it. It's got <laughs> different kickouts for different levels that you want it to be at. Um, it's <laughs> a. These are really well built devices. They don't feel cheap. They don't they're not chintzy. Yeah, and um, like I said,
4: they keep updating the software. Like if you look at the their community stuff, if you look at the subreddit for Elgato Gaming, they're pretty active on that and they just, just keep adding new. Software I think this features.
0: We, this one is we definitely bought ourselves. Anyway, oh, yeah. this one here. We bought it when it first came out. The serial number is nine two six.
4: We bought it when it first came out, considering I had kind of developed my own hacked one of these and then right. it came
1: out as a commercial product and it went. It ah. just had to come full circle on it.
4: Yeah,
0: it's it's a pretty neat thing. So you could use this for you could set up macros for like Premiere probably mm-hmm. with it as well. If you know you had a yeah. function that you did constantly, or maybe you have a button that has type my home address, so that anytime you're getting stuff shipped to you, you can just hit that button and it. You it know what this reminds overkill. me of?
2: Uh, no, nineteen seventies CAD stations. Ooh, because they just Ooh. had. To, that was what they had that little joystick mouse thing and then they had the the buttons that they pressed that did different functions. Actually, that'd be it. It'd be a really cool thing. Handy for like CAD,
1: a cad.
4: I don't want to talk about modeling CAD program. <laughs> All right. Don't no. be a cad.
2: Uh,
0: let's see. Who do we have next? We're going to have King Jeremy King, the Wicked. King Jeremy? Okay.
2: King Jeremy, King Jeremy the Crosby, the Wicked.
3: All right, so NordVPN is not the worst VPN on the planet.
2: It's and they not- only steal
3: bandwidth. Hang on. Yeah.
2: Uh,
3: however, for 100 bucks, you can get six computers covered before it for three years. Hang on. So, you know, if you're, you're looking for a VPN, you've got friends traveling that would like to be able to access their stuff, or, you know, you're doing fun things for the next four days, three years for 99 bucks is not that bad.
0: How much do we, do? you have to worry about bandwidth on your VPN service, right? Because everything you do goes through that, right? So yep. if you're downloading anything or whatever, um, do they have, like, download limits or bandwidth limits uh, while you're traveling, that type of stuff?
3: That's what, that's no. what I would be curious they, about. They don't, and they'll block, uh, for the most part, uh, being able to monitor your bandwidth usage on certain ISPs. Yeah, and they let no. you do
0: six devices through your Nord VPN account. That's pretty good.
3: Yeah. No, I've got a friend that's headed over to Thailand and he was asking me and I'm like, well shit, for this, we just split it forty five bucks a piece, three years. Yeah. Um uh,
1: it I says
0: unlimited bandwidth. Here, I think it's not so, so much yeah. that
1: they're limiting you. It's just like what's the max throughput you're gonna get. Right.
0: Like is it going to slow you down? But you, yeah. usually when yes. I when I think I'm when I think of times I'm using a VPN, I'm already expecting the internet to be slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever that's worth, I guess.
2: Hey, look, your IP address up top. Oh, no. We're going to get hacked. Oh, no. You're
0: unprotected. It says unprotected. Oh, no. You are
4: unprotected. Although well, they know we're already going through a VPN.
3: Well, that's true. Mm. They wouldn't know. I accept your
2: cookies.
5: <laughs> All right. What else? Who's next?
2: Um,. RX five eighties right now are are getting cheap. Watch out for specials. This one may not be the greatest one. I mean, uh, the reviews vary, but of course, you know, reviews may not always be great. But the big thing is, is the free game pack bundle. Oh right, yeah, That's a hundred and fifty bucks worth of games on a two hundred and forty dollar card, and it's what the. Uh, Check Assassin's Creed Odyssey, The Strange Brigade, which you talked about, and then Star Control Origins, which use Adam Baldwin for uh, voice acting on that particular one.
0: It's been a while since we've had a good game bundle. Weird. Yeah. Because they've been able to sell <laughs> GPUs without them, right? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> miners don't care about game bundles, as it turns out. <laughs> the new Assassin's Creed title? Yeah, the new Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And you said Strange Brigade was, looked like it would be pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. Strange Brigade you get now, Odyssey, and Star Control Origins are coming out later, right? I believe so. Just later this year, so. Very cool. All right. Uh, Jeremy. You already did, Jeremy. Alan.
1: What are you, a parent? Uh, Kid. Didn't use (laughs) his full name yet, so. (laughs) Uh, So I found myself playing with this thing again there i thought i was just gonna collect on the shelf again but uh so i got this for like a christmas present or something um atari flashback portable deluxe the price has been kind of creeping up because i don't think they're making them anymore so oh, i would say it's the special edition it well it's got a screen on it like it's, as opposed to the ones that were just the joystick that you plugged into the tv Right. Can it do that proper spinach screen of the old Nintendo one, just because? Uh, I don't know. But this one, so it's got a screen on its own. It'll run on batteries. You can, like, you know, play Atari games or whatnot. It runs off of an SD card with ROMs on it, basically, like if you want to add more <laughs> games, right? Uh, SDHC, not SDXC, so you're limited to two gigabytes worth of Atari ROMs, which I hmm. don't think is going a problem. SDHC is more than two gigabytes? It, uh, no, I think two is... Isn't it two where it switches over? No. No, that's what you I don't know. know. That's like thirty two. Oh. Well yeah. all I remember is I had to go well, for whatever reason, I had to go smaller than that. So for there's something limiting it uh where it won't recognize cars that are too big. Anyway, uh you know, feel the thing full of old Atari game ROMs and you know, you just hmm. get your retro on on like a handheld thing cool. with actual buttons on it, right? Cool. Uh, and you can still plug it into a television as well. It comes with the. Does it have a, a joystick deal. port then, or do you use the? No, handheld you still use that. It, mm-hmm. Just the screen. Switch. Yeah. I think. I think it stays on on both. Actually. Oh really? Like I think the, the display stays on too. Um. But yeah, I mean, cool. It's it's kind of pricey new there, but I would yeah. say like you know.
2: Does it have adventure?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if it comes with adventure.
2: Actually, if you go back to that. You already because it, it's you? it's the best thing. It's the it's uh, the first Easter. Egg. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all Looks a so bunch got of pitfall. Uh, Activision games.
1: Um, let's see. I have a Roger, picture of the back.
2: Oh, wait, does that Box. say new hit titles? It does. <laughs> <Last> it
4: does have adventures. New. Does it have Custer's Revenge on it? No, it uh, does not have
1: Custer's Revenge. Uh, no. No. Crystal Castles. Ooh. It comes with a lot of titles, but again, like, if you know where to look, you can basically add all... Wink. Of, you can, like, add every single Atari It doesn't list thing what ever.
0: games come with it in this listing. Is there
1: no picture of the back of the box with the pictures? <clears throat> no, there's shame. just these three pictures. The back of the box has all of the mm. titles that it comes with. It's, like, a decent number out of the box. It's Did a, you get
0: the travel case for the Texas Instruments TI-84 Plus graphing Calculator along with it? No. <laughs>
1: No. Oh Those are bought together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by one person that happened to well, do now
4: that. Now it looks
3: like it would fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seems right, like it. it. I, I guess. Oh well. All right. No one took a picture <laughs> of the back. That's just bizarre. Dummies.
1: It does look like a Atari Lynx, actually. Per per the chat. Alex, Erica.
0: is this yours or? It
4: is. What do you got?
1: So no one noticed this in the rundown today, but nope,
4: nope, no one noticed it. Oh, I did notice a different shades. Yeah, we have different shades you know. of
2: color in the rundown. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and, wanky. Yeah. So this tool actually came in very, very useful for this. I, I might have brought this up over a year ago, Peloton. Um It's a color palette generator. Uh, oh, look at that. It's an
1: amazing tool. You gives you the different shades. You you can do, um, if you go to the very
2: top there, it has the type of palettes it gives you. Uh, It'll give you page demos. It'll give you uh, less and CSS outputs. Hmm. Um, I have used this tool so much whenever I get suckered into web work. So if you're going to paint your house, sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it, you, have you just, you have
4: you just tried go to go? Lowe's and you ask for the hex code of the paint <laughs> <Yes>. you want. Yes, <laughs> hey, you your paint mixer Grab the hex. Can code. you
0: go to Home Depot and give them a hex code? I, bet Actually, you, I, think, I, I think
2: you could. Color matching stuff. It will work, but sure you could. could. I can. I you, bet have to you talk could. to the right guy.
0: Yeah, this is pretty it's, cool.
2: This is hours yeah. of entertainment too.
0: <laughs> and, and you can, when you set a palette up, you can share it. Nobody's having a seizure, are they? Yeah. This is my favorite set right here. Black. It's just black. Like my soul.
1: And, and there's also the uh, the ever ever fun randomized. Oh, nice! Oh yeah, there's a randomized button. Yep, top, top right. right, top right, top right. Randomize, randomize, randomize. <laughs> like I said, hours of entertainment doesn't seem very random.
2: Because he's like, using similar. To, oh, you're not very random.
3: It's it's like playing with the color palettes for a website on Dreamweaver. Yep. Yeah. This one's this one's pretty random. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> Bring the blink tag back. I want the website
1: to just do that. Oh oh oh! Now, oh. now I'm right clicking. Oh. Can it just do that? I'm sure you could script it up if you really yeah. wanted to. Should try to read this website,
3: bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Have the text be doing everything, <laughs> <laughs> just going nuts.
0: <laughs> Uh, All right. Very cool. Uh, That's going to be it for us this time, guys. PCPro.com slash podcast. Find all the back episodes, show notes, links to the stories you talked about, um, pics of the week, all that crap is there. (laughs) Videos, MP3s, find it there. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye.